0: Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. We're honored to have Danny Herod here uh, from Boise Bible College. Danny uh, preached for us about six years ago, and uh, he's been on staff there at Boise Bible College for a number of years. Um, and he is the the head and the professor of the intercultural studies. Danny, come up forward. Uh, as he preaches, you'll be stirred. You'll hopefully laugh. You might cry. Um, but you'll be challenged from God's word. I'm really excited for him to speak to us this morning. Uh, let's give him a round of applause and welcome Danny. Well, I brought my little bottle. So just pay attention to this. I'm going to put it right here. Okay. Um, Watch <laughs> me ku ku amura dipogu tu ni tu katika laruga ngine, zimately ni ni yishi kenya, lakini siku hizi naishi ishi boisi. Lakini ma'zwezi yetu kila wiki mbili ni nanggea pomoja Steve lunga Ma'zwezi ni msuri. Watch me mi ku semua maneno machache. Nina Raha, Nina Raha. Okay, let me go ahead and translate that because Apostle Paul said if you speak in some kind of a language and nobody understands, people are going to come in and say, what in the world is going on, these crazy people? So I just said, well, I used to live in Kenya a long time ago, my wife and I. And we uh, learned Swahili because that was the trade language of that area. There was there's 35 tribes in Kenya, and so and we had about seven different tribes in our area. So, and that's one of the reasons they asked me to come back and do intercultural studies because did have some experience. But I humbly would say I, I am still learning. But I thought I would teach you a little Swahili today, um, just. You probably didn't pick it up, but I said at the end, Nina Raha. Nina, like, you know, maybe think of your niece or something. Nina. Nina Raha. Now, I have joy. That's what I just said in another language, in Swahili. Nina Raha. Okay, let's say it together, shall we? Nina Raha. Oh, you're so good. That's awesome. Well, today I'd like to talk to you seriously about our joy. Uh, The book of Philippians, and you're going to be studying it for a whole month, uh, is about joy primarily, but there's something else in there too. There's tears. And so I want to talk to you about having joy in the midst of our tears. Now let me bend down here, grab this. The reason I brought the bottle, you see, is because God collects our tears. Psalm 58, 7 says, God collects our tears in a bottle. We don't necessarily think he has a bottle, but that metaphor is that when we cry, when we share our tears with one another even, as we weep with one another, that it's not wasted. God sees our tears. And so I have entitled this message, as we're going to start the book of Philippians, chapter 3, I've entitled this Happy, Happy with Tears. Happy man with tears. Paul was a happy man. Nina raha. He says that in, in Greek. He says, I have joy. And I want you to have joy. And don't forget to have joy. And uh, let me say it again, rejoice, have joy. And yet in this book, in this section that we're studying for the month, he has tears. How beautiful it is that we get to hold both. Hey, I have joy as I come here to Roseburg. Uh, our two daughters were born in Roseburg, Oregon. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Dr. Zastro uh, gave birth, uh, uh, delivered our, uh, my, <laughs> I think my wife gave birth, did she not? <laughs> Helped my wife give birth to our daughter, Leah, at community hospital. I'm not sure if it's even there anymore. Okay? And then, uh, so we're getting way back, friends. We're getting way back. And that's the beauty of the church, because Paul could meet with the Philippians and have memories, right? Memories. But then he could also talk about the present, like what's going on. And then he could talk about the future, And so let's do that today, too. That helps us maintain our joy as we see the faithfulness of God. And I look back over those years, our second daughter, Hannah, was born in Mercy Hospital as Dr. Powell helped us uh, with that delivery. So we are uh, uh, definitely impartial when it comes to our hospitals. We were able to experience both of them. And uh, it was a beautiful thing to live in the area. We lived in Oakland for six years. Uh, then we went to Africa. Then we came back to Drain, Oregon. And so I keep being drawn back to Douglas County, and we love it here, and your town is looking beautiful, and your church building, my goodness, it's lovely. It is just amazing what you've done with this place, as they say. Good job. So I come back as a happy man with some memories and tears. Of course, we, we feel sad when we know some loved ones have passed on, some faithful people that we've known. We have tears when we know that there's some people that, for whatever reasons, have walked away from the Lord or have gotten caught up in addictions. So we have the stories as well. And so we are happy people. And yet we have tears for the gospel. Nina, Raha, I'll never lose my joy in the Lord, Paul says, but he has tears. Uh, I want to just share a couple things with you here. First of all, if you look at the uh, book title, it is an old book. I usually don't recommend old books because they're usually outdated. They usually don't... uh, fit the contextual world that we live in. But here's an old one when it comes to missionary life. As we think about going into all the world, both locally in our Jerusalem and to the region, to the northwest, and to the ends of the earth, uh, Ronald Allen wrote a book in 1962 called Missionary Methods, St. Paul's or Ours? And, you know, he asked the question, as we think of missions, as we think of missions, whether it be local or to the ends of the earth, do we have our methods? Or are we looking into the scripture, the life of Jesus, and seeing the methods of his apostles? And so I want to ask you today about this man. He seems like a man who is very full of the Spirit, who is happy and and rejoicing and worshiping and able to be in prison in this very town of Philippi and still sing at midnight. And yet he's a man who can cry. He's happy and has tears. Olympics are on. Anybody seen any yet? Okay. Well, you're going to see some tears. And you're going to see some joy. And you're going to see that those things aren't mutually exclusive. Pay attention here to Paul's life. He's a man who can hold both. And as we do ministry in this community, in the Northwest, in the United States, around the world, we're going to hold both our great joy and our tears. God hears our tears. He keeps them in a bottle. He knows how much we care for the lost. He knows our suffering. It is not wasted. The full range of emotions are in this book. Sixteen times, Philippians refers to the word Swahili, Raha, uh, in English, joy, or rejoicing. He wants them to rejoice, but he also wants them to know that his heart is broken over the lost what would it be like to go to Disneyland and live there? I hear if you work there, it's not that great. I hear that the wages aren't that good. I hear that they don't necessarily enjoy it day in and day out. You know, we don't want people to come to church and think that this is Disneyland. This is real life, friends. Ministry is in the raw. People are hurting, people are sad, people are confused, sometimes people are blinded, sometimes people are obstinate, sometimes people are angry, and Paul loved them all. He was a man who had joy, and yet he shared with the Philippians, I have tears for their enemies of the cross. Just a real quick, and I'm going to run out of time, so I'll zip through this fairly quickly, but I want you to know, if you go to Philippi, I was there in in 2017, if you go to Philippi, it's really a neat place. Of all the places I went to in Greece, I thought, well, I could live in Philippi. This is pretty cool. It's about eight miles off what used to be called Neapolis, called Kavala now, and you go up, and it's up right there by the hills, kind of like Roseburg, except it I think you're missing the Mediterranean Sea, are you not? <laughs> and you can see the Mediterranean Sea from Philippine, the cool breezes come off and yet it's kind of protected. It's not right out there on the ocean. And Philip of Macedon, who was, you know, the father of Alexander the Great, he went up there and said, all right, this is our place. We got gold mines up above and uh, we're going to make a little Rome here. And that's what he did. And a lot of the retired, you know, more or less the... Um, Praetorian guards and others would be able to retire there tax-free. It was a beautiful city. Of course, in uh, 620-something, there was a big earthquake, and just everything fell down. And they've been, ever since, just slowly, slowly bringing it back to life. And it's something to see. And when you get there, you walk around the corner, about three football lengths from the main part of town where Paul would have been, the stadium has been rebuilt, and you know Paul would have stood in that stadium. And around that corner is where, uh, where Lydia was baptized, and you can wash your hands in that water and remember the first Christian in Europe, Lydia. And when he would write back to them, he was so happy. He could say, Nina Raha, I have joy Because he would remember those things and how God was faithful in those early days and how they had given him a gift when he went up the road about 60 miles to Thessalonica and they had sent money for him. He remembered that. If you visit Philippi today, you see what an amazing place it was. I think back on this letter and I hope it guides you through the next few weeks that it's a letter of affection, it's a a letter of love. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, always pray with joy, he says, because of our partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. And then later down in that that section, he says, God can testify uh, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And the King James translated that, the bowels. It was deep inside how he felt about them. Splagna is the Greek word. Paul loved these people and they loved him. And they loved the world together. And they shed tears together for the lost. That's who we are. This isn't Disneyland. Yes, we have a good time. Yes, we have joy. Nothing can take away our joy in Jesus Christ. Our bodies will be transformed, as he says later in this section. Let's just look at a couple of verses here together. Let's zip through them and just get a little bit of a foundation, and then I wanna finish off with that specific verse where he says, I cry, I'm crying, because there's some people who are enemies of the cross. So, Philippians three, you can look on the screen as well. Not that I have already, Obtained this, or have already arrived at my goal, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Not that I have already obtained it, to know Christ. He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know his righteousness. And Christ has taken hold of me, and he's given me so much, I want to take hold of that. Let's do that together. And then he says, in verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward. Straining forward. I love this. In terms of the Olympics, you're going to see people straining forward. And the Greek word there truly is people trying to press forward and strain to that end goal. And we're going forward As the church here in this locale and the church worldwide, we are straining forward to that upward call. That time, as he says in verse 21, where we fully obtain our citizenship. And we have our bodies transformed. These lowly bodies will be transformed into his image. It's a beautiful picture. Now let's go... Uh, On, as he says we're going to press on to know the righteousness of Christ verse 15 all of us then who are mature and by the way this is like he's not saying I can't grow and and that would be true of all of us today right we have much to learn we have many ways in which we can grow in Christ and in the knowledge that he wants to reveal to us what he's saying here is that those of you who understand the completeness of what I'm telling you about the right that righteousness is found in Jesus Christ hold on to that be mature don't go backwards continue you should take a few of these things and in, on some point you think that it's differently God's going to make it clear to you because this is true Jesus Christ has died for our sins. He has brought righteousness to us that could not be obtained through the law, through keeping rules. We have a righteousness that in, in, in compar- anything else in comparison to it is he uses the word, it's a very strong word, there's no other word, and as we know from different languages, it's hard sometimes to, to really get the meaning, but he uses the word Skubala, which is horse manure, or worse. Worse. He's saying, when I look at the righteousness of Christ that's been given to me and that I obtain, I want to press on towards that. I want to hold it. I want to understand it. I want to know it. I want to become more like Jesus Christ. I want to even suffer for him. I want to hold on to this. I want to press forward because everything else, is worth throwing out. And, and the, the idea here is nothing else matters. In other words, he says, um, I'm going to forget everything back there. It doesn't mean I won't remember it. It means it will be nothing in comparison to knowing Christ. Well, that's the message we have for the world. Jesus Christ truly is good news. All right, let's move on. Time's going to catch up with us here. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we've already uh, attained. We don't want to go backwards, folks. We want to go forward in our preaching of Christ, in our growth, in our joy. Oh, there's lots of reasons to be joyless. But this book tells us that we are full of joy. We have reasons for joy. Nina Raha. Well, when Paul went out, what he would do is um, he would establish churches. And we're so thankful for the church planters in our midst here. For OCF, for other church planters around the world and other countries as well. He would plant churches. And guess what? He would um, preach exclusively the gospel. He didn't mix politics in he didn't. What he would do is preach Jesus Christ and him alone. The other thing he would do is he would ask them to be spirit-led, to, to not be running the church by their own power, to let the Holy Spirit be their guide and to fill them and to produce fruit in them. He would ask them to contextualize. If he was in Athens, keep in mind how the Athenians live. If they're in this place, keep in mind, I think they would even probably... Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, I become all things to all people so that I might win some. He would baptize people. He didn't say, come if you want and follow Jesus. He would say, come and follow Jesus and be buried in his death and burial and resurrection. And join the family. And then he would form fellowships and they would meet together and they would have the bread and the wine and they would break the bread and they would remember the body and blood of Christ every time they met, especially on the first day of the week. That's what Paul would do. And that's what we do today. And we do it with joy. I mean, nobody's forcing us to do this. We do it with joy and we do it with tears. Because we know that not everybody knows Jesus Christ yet. So verse 18, he says, For I have told you, let's go go to verse 18, For I have told you before and now, tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Well, let me just make, as if kind of wrap this up this morning, three points. And you know from other preachers, that means we still have some minutes yet, right? It doesn't mean like, I'm not talking two or three minutes here. Uh, Okay, now, um, even with tears, and I'm going to suggest that there are three things that's causing tears for him. He is not angry. His tears are missionary tears. The first The first thing that comes to mind as I read this book is he has tears about conflict. And we are going to have conflict. We've had conflict because we're human beings. But we work through our conflict so that there's unity in the church. And he asked them to make sure that you work together so that Uodia and Syntyche get along so that we don't tear this church apart. We have to keep our unity. The Spirit wants to unify us. We get to love one another. We get to be patient with one another. We get to persevere with one another. There were Jewish people 50 miles away in Thessalonica that wanted to tear down every church that Paul started. They're they're real enemies of the church still today. What Paul wanted them to know is that It's real, and I have tears over this, but we can have joy in the midst of this. And so his tears were about the conflict. The second thing, and he asked them, by the way, to get their minds off of earthly stuff. The answer to unity is getting your mind off of earthly stuff and be led by the Spirit. Follow Jesus together. Well the second thing is and if you'd move along there on that slide you'll see that the the thing that was causing tears in his eyes was not only tears of conflict but also tears of compassion. Let's see if we have a slide for that. Tears of compassion. As I said, I don't think Paul was angry at the enemies of the cross. I think he was sympathetic. I think he had studied the life of Jesus so well. In fact, he had met with Jesus so many times. He had met with him on the road to Damascus. Uh, Jesus had appeared to him in Corinth. Certainly, it had the Spirit speak to him to move him out of Asia Minor or Turkey over into Europe, to Macedonia. And then, of course, in Jerusalem, the Lord said, don't worry, I've got you. I'm going to protect you. You're going to go on. You're going to go to Rome. Paul had an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when he looked at people, he didn't look at people as, as bad and good. He looked at them as lost or found. He loved people. He says, above all, put on love. He, he knew Jesus had taught us to love our enemies. And if we have anybody who thinks we're their enemies, then we will love them. And we will never stop loving them. And we have compassion over their lostness. Um, Paul says they are enemies of the cross. He doesn't say they are my enemies. Missionaries know that it was the cross that will save people, not us. And if people refuse our message, they're refusing the cross. The cross is beautiful. Remember that old song, some of you will, some of younger ones won't. But, and the burden of the, my heart rolled away, but the drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. He became sin on our behalf on the cross. He bore our sorrows. He healed our wounds 2 Corinthians 11 Paul was concerned for all of the churches he tells the Corinthians Remember that for 3 years he said I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears Acts 20:31 Happy man with tears Well, we don't really have time to do a full study on Jesus. But every time Jesus cried, it was for someone else. He had tears of compassion. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. And he said, do not weep. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without anger. We have, without a shepherd, we have no anger in our hearts towards those who aren't in Christ. We have compassion, tears, and that makes good missionaries. And the missionaries we send out from this church and others, we want them to have tears of compassion along with their joy. When Jesus called his disciples to him. He said, I feel compassion for the people because they remain with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Even down to their physical needs, he had compassion for them. Okay, I'm going to finish up here. Jeremiah was an awesome prophet. It looks to me like we call him the weeping prophet and kind of go, oh, I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to read his stuff. You know, lamentations, does that sound fun? But you know what? He was a man who was full of the Spirit. Yes, he had resisted God at first, but he brought a message, and we quote from him all of the time. We read things like, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. We read things like, because of the Lord's great love, we read uh, the beautiful, I think it's quoted quite a bit, uh, for I know his plans The plans that he has for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you and you will seek me and find me and you will seek me with all your heart. Paul was a prophet and an apostle and a pastor and an evangelist in line of the old prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was put into a pit up to his uh, armpits and uh, left and of course he was rescued but he came out with fire in his belly if you read that passage. He had to preach the word of the the Lord. He didn't come out as an angry man but a man of compassion. He's a man, Paul, who truly if we look at as Ronald Allen says, He had methods of tears and joy. Nina Raha. Well, here's the bottle. I want to finish with this today. If you've been in the Lord's work and ministry for many years, whether paid or vocational or serving in other ways, you've shed some tears. And There's nothing in this one, but symbolically God has held those tears. And when you labor, and I just want to finish with a thank you. Because there's also tears of concern. And, And Paul's concerned that they don't go away into false teachings. Those Judaizers that would come up and try to add something to the gospel. He said, don't do that. Don't let them do that. As you go forward, go forward with lots of joy. What are you going to have? Nina Raha. Nina Raha. I have joy. And you can carry with that, that with you today. But you will have tears. We're going to have tears in ministry. But they're good tears. They're good tears. And God collects them in a bottle. And as you send missionaries out, encourage them to go out with Joy. And with tears of concern and compassion, I did make a little meal for my wife the other day. We just finished our 40th anniversary. Praise God. She's an angel. I made something. I cut up an onion and I was just crying like a baby. (laughs) Tears coming down. I don't know why. This is a strong onion. And yet, I'm going to do it again, friends. It made a nice meal. You know, tears are good. Tears are good when they're connected to the gospel. I'm a happy man. Nina Raha and tears that are good. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, it's a joy, truly, to be these few minutes with our friends here in Roseburg. We're thankful for their support of so many ministries through the years. And we pray for increase, Lord, that you would... Give them not only uh, the willingness, but also the joy in sending and serving and going and being. As they minister here in hard places, people who are hurting desperately. Would you give them joy as they serve, as they persevere, as they pray. Give them joy We invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.